When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three. Hello and welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me. I'm Charles and joining me as usual are Chessie, Danny and Neil. How's your week been, guys? Told any use off for hanging around together instead of following government guidelines, Neil? Uh, no. I, I, no? Not yet, not yet. I didn't know I was supposed to be. <laughs> sound like Chris Ferrara, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> we nearly oh, did, brilliant. Charles. Actually, did that. you really? Yeah, there was a group of youths outside our uh, outside our house, obviously last night in the car. There's four of them in the car. A little bit of a funky smell coming from them. So, um, did the really British thing. What not- do you mean, Daddy? Um, you can take it however you want. <laughs> Let's just say I recognise that smell. Um, we we. We did the very British thing of not going out to confront them, but going and putting the bins out and walking past them just so they knew us that someone was there. Passive aggressive. Yeah, they were, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just left them to it. But then they, they turned it down after a while, so we thought, uh, our policing's done. <laughs> um, I want to know how Neil's beard's getting on as well, by the way. How my beard's getting on? The, the listeners will be on the edge of their seats waiting to find out. Understandable, understandable. It's uh, it's not looking great, if I'm honest, mate. It's... um. It's bright red at the moment, um, <laughs> so yeah, it's not not gone well. 
I've shaved my head now as well, so I look like well, I look like an even shitter leprechaun than I did before. So <laughs> it's disgraceful. Uh, what about you, Chessie? Uh, How's your beard? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, my week. So this week, my my father's decided that he would buy a windbreak. I mean, I don't know why. But he's also bought a greenhouse. And today he's rocked up with a parasol for my back garden. So, I, I mean, I can't keep up. Lockdown is, is taking its toll in Somerset, I tell you. <laughs> That's fabulous. Is he going to just go and buy Alan Titchmarsh as well Honestly, just to finish off the garden? <laughs> I, I can't describe to you. what It's just madness. I, I reckon there'll be a tractor tomorrow there'll be a tractor he'll just buy a tractor and just keep it in the back garden this is the way lockdown's going it's it's difficult jeffy hashtag lockdown like life eh? how do you buy how do you buy a greenhouse well you buy one and then build it right well i mean you have to build it oh no hang on yeah so it was flat pack flat pack greenhouse wait a minute he started building it up gave up and told me to build it <laughs> so I ended up going in the greenhouse. Where does that sounds like stairgate all over oh, again? <laughs> I'm still not finished. He started doing the greenhouse before he finished the stairs. So it's basically oh, he's down tools and he's walked off. And he, he didn't take your money, did he? As well, <laughs> it's a nightmare, honestly. And he's so bored. He's so bored. He, he's just starting every job and not finishing it, and then finding another one to do. Sounds like the East End. <laughs> oh, literally dear. i knew that would come up yeah it's a great analogy neil yeah just need oh. a flat pack east stand to go and put it together. <laughs> yeah. the ground's pretty much flat pack anyway isn't it oh now come on <laughs> leave it alone <laughs> hi i'm martin smith and it's all cobblers to me Hello, it's Danny here and I just wanted to thank you for listening to It's All Cobblers To Me and to tell you how you can help support the podcast. Every week I badger Charles to play Name That Bench every single time or to talk about Sam Hoskins' goal at Tramere for the whole hour, meaning editing is a lot more challenging than squeezing Richard Hope into an all-time Cobblers 11. That's why we set up our own Patreon page. For just five US dollars a month, that's around four quid, you'll help to keep the podcast going and get your very own thank you jingle. So if you enjoy what we do and want to support us, head on over to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Now, back to the pod. At the end of last week's quiz pod, we announced a rather special event for all of our Patreon supporters. On Thursday, the 14th of May, we are hosting a live video Q&A with none other than NTFC club captain, Nicky Adams. If you want to be there and ask Nicky a question, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me and sign up to support the podcast. Thanks to Patreon supporter, Luke Hodgkin. This week, we're joined by a very special guest. It is my delight to welcome former Cobblers winger, scorer of incredible goals, and a man with even more incredible hair. Yes, it's Ricky Holmes. Hello, guys. You are right? Yeah, not bad, thanks very much. So uh, we're recording this on on Thursday, um, which is actually four years to the day that we beat Portsmouth on the last day of the season, back in 2016. Time I mean, fly. it couldn't have worked out any better, could it, really? No, <laughs> Your last no, game no. in a cobbler's shirt as well, of course. It was, I'm afraid, yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot Good of people still Good way to go out, though, wouldn't it? That's <laughs> <laughs> worse ways. I can't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember getting a broken nose that game, that's about it. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who was it? Come on, name and shame, uh, who was it? Gary Roberts. Gary Roberts, yeah. Gary Roberts, yeah. It wasn't Nicky Adams, then. 
Oh, no, it won't even, no. He wouldn't get near me for that. <laughs> oh, he's going to love that next week. I thought you wanted listeners. You don't want to put him on there. <laughs> that was one of the... That was one of the questions we had, wasn't it? Who'd win in a in a boxing match between uh, Ricky and Nicky? Uh, you haven't seen that boxing video what he keeps playing we have. around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We ain't at the end of that. <laughs> That'd be two leprechauns on, wouldn't it? One of you's a leprechaun, you bring it on that Oh, brilliant. Well, look, mate, it's, it's really good to have you here. I mean, obviously, this week, there's there's been a little bit of, I, I don't know, do we call it news or is it fake news? <laughs> uh, an article that came out in, in a local paper down in Portsmouth saying that you were retiring at the end of this season. I mean, at this rate, that won't be till 2030 anyway, so That's you're quite true. all right. Yeah, I've got longer um, now, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can drag it but, out with a fo- professional football head over me. <laughs> <laughs> but how are things? How are you doing? No, I've had a tough time of late, to be fair. Um, as you know, I had a back injury before when I was at Northampton. Uh, and Pablo, brilliant, obviously, he's still there. Um, found a treatment called prolotherapy, thought it was the answer. I mean, it was the first time that I played without back pain in my whole career. And that's, that's when I seem to actually realise, actually, I can play a little bit of football here. And uh, my, career went on leaps and ba- my career went on leaps and bounds. I think, obviously, you don't like making excuses, but I was definitely held back in, in my previous times through this back injury, always playing with pain. Uh, and unfortunately, what we've four years on from the prolotherapy or three years since I had it, um, the games are taking its toll and the injuries come back. Uh, I've had the... Same treatment, thought I'd be have the answer, and it, it didn't work. So, so uh, is it something that you had to sort of take like regularly, like a, uh, like a, a no? So it's a, it's injections, very painful ones, huge injections in three different points of your back, uh, the lower lower part of your back, and you go back every week for three weeks, uh, and then you got to do a a rehab course or a program for about three months and that's what Pablo was brilliant with me for the best mm. I've come across in the whole time I've been at football obviously my career has advanced from league two up to a premier league team albeit I haven't played but he's still the best I've worked with fantastic guy and puts all his time and effort into you so I owe quite a lot to Pablo uh, but yeah it just it just worked uh, with the rehab and the injections obviously it worked to treat, but this time it hasn't. So I ended up having an operation about a year ago now. Uh, it worked on my left side. And unfortunately, I got back out on the grass, ready to train again. And my right side's playing up. Uh, so I've had, again, course of injections. Um, due to have a C- CT scan at the start of this pandemic uh, to see exactly what's going on, because it's, it's a little bit different. I'm not getting any le- leg symptoms. So I don't know if you come across sciatica before. You get you get nerve pain down your leg, and obviously when you're trying to run, it's it's excruciating. And I haven't got that, that this time, so it's that's a plus side. I've just got back pain, so I need a CT scan where they inject you with some chemical. It might be iodine or something. It goes around your body and it pinpoints where the pain's coming from. Uh, so I'm waiting for that, and obviously it's held me back for the last six weeks. But I mean, the article, yeah, I said I've thought about retirement, but I didn't say I've, mm. I've retired yet. And I'll do my utmost to get back out on the grass because I still feel I've got a lot to give. I mean, running races, fitness, etc. I'm still right up there with, with the young kids, as we say, when you get over 30. But um, <laughs> I, I, I miss the day-to-day training, but it's been a long time. I mean, I haven't played for 16 months. So 
Yeah. I could be beckoned for Sunday league as it is. <laughs> I mean, it's it's one of those things, isn't it? I mean, was it with with was it Pablo who actually found that that therapy for you, or was it you that found it and then Pablo just helped you with the rehab? Uh, no, I mean, it was Anders and Pablo at the time. It was Anders who was a young physio who will put mm. every time and day into it. But it was actually my agent. So uh, Rio Ferdinand's connected with my agency, New Era, and um, right. he always struggled with his back, which a lot of players do. It's quite well. It's high in in the UK, isn't it, for back pain and in the world? But a lot of footballers do. And uh, Rio used this guy uh, in. It's actually in the Milton Keynes area. Won't say that too loud. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's the Blackberry Clinic, and we went and see him. And he, first of all, I had I think two epidurals, uh, which didn't work, uh, and then had the prolotherapy treatment. And alongside doing rehab, which I had never done before, because. I'm so keen to play, so eager to play every week. I've just gone, oh, I feel all right. I'm all right today. And I'll just roll out. And then by Sunday, Monday, I can't walk. But I was so keen to play. But this time, the gaffer, being the boss as he as he is, Chris Wilder, he just turned around and said, Rick, go and get it sorted. Um, and he gave me time instead of putting pressure on me to play. And I finally got it sorted. So I owe him, Pablo and Anders a lot for that. So obviously you're you're working with Chris again now. Yeah. Obviously when you know you you sort of talk to and I mean I saw it on your Twitter yesterday in fairness. Yeah. Some idiot deciding <laughs> that he was going to call you names and and say that you you left Charlton just for the money and stuff. Yeah. But I mean you, so you moved to Sheffield United. Were they in the championship at the time when you moved to them? Yeah, so uh they showed interest when they first got promoted from League One and I moved to Charlton for a year, so in that summer. And uh, they were I had a good season, first season at Charlton. Uh, they were placing bids uh, and they just turned around and said, right, we're not selling you. So I said, well, if you don't sell a player, then you've got to give them a new deal. Because I wasn't on great money there compared to some of the boys. I know that. We kind of find out what who's a big hitters in the change room. Who's a, and I had a good season, player of the year at Charlton. And I thought I deserved a better deal. Um, and I was happy to stay at Charlton at the time. Uh, I was comfortable doing well. I didn't know how Sheffield United were doing the championship. So I didn't really push it through. Uh, signed a new deal. And this is why Charlton people were obviously upset because I signed a new deal in, the, in that summer. Um, and six months later, Sheffield United are third in the championship, looking like they could get promoted to the premiership. They've come back in for me again. At this stage, I'm 30 years of age. I've only played League Two, non-league, most for four or five years. League Two for the rest of my career, and one season and a, well, a season and a half by the time in League One. And I just turned around to Gaffer and said, "Look, what's the deal? Look, they keep bidding. It's a manager that I loved working under. He's like no other that I've worked under in my time. I had success. He brought the best out of me. Revitalised my career. I said, is there a chance of going? Um, and when when someone bids for you, obviously the, the owner has got to be willing to sell you as well. Otherwise, they just point blank say no. So it's a, I didn't I didn't push it as much as some players I've seen push it. But I said that they could go to a Premiership. This is once in a lifetime opportunity. At the time, I think we were lingering in about twelfth in League One. Uh, and you always want to get to the top. It's like anything. If you're if you're assistant manager. At, a job you want to become the manager that's what you should achieve to do shouldn't you you should strive to do and I was a late bloomer into the game so I just said 
will you let me go? Will you entertain that bid? And the chairman come back and said, yeah, we'll, we'll accept the bid. So if they didn't really didn't want me to go, they could have rejected the bid and I stay put and I would have done exactly what I've done for my whole career, fought for my place and give my all. But they accepted it and I've travelled up there and I've been taken a picture of in, in the hotel that they put me up. The club told me to go up for a medical, by the way, but they haven't released that, obviously. Um, I've been pictured, they've put it on Twitter and uh, World War Three hit against Ricky Holmes. So, great. <laughs> but I'm thick-skinned. I'm not like that new crop of players that you can't say anything to. <laughs> <laughs> we call them snowflakes these days, don't we? I, I was lucky to catch the back end of you've got to be hard, you've got to accept anything that's thrown at you and be tough. But uh, I, I enjoy all the stuff that get thrown at me. I enjoy the banter because half of it, they don't know the real story because they read what yeah. they do on the forums. They read what journalists might have write exactly the headline Ricky's retired not true um they read between the lines and, and make up their own story so this this bloke just come at me a little bit and I just told him find out the facts because if my money got doubled from Charlton to Sheffield United then I'll be retiring today yeah because it didn't unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> that weren't the case so but um it was more of a footballing reason why I went there at the time and to play with Chris again uh, obviously the money helps and, and looking at it now I'm look, I could retire early so of course you've got to take it while you, accept it while you're hot because you're not a footballer for a long time yeah that's it and some of us are, are never footballers so yeah we'll, uh, yeah. we'll let you on <laughs> <laughs> living out every boy's dream I? but I've done it the hard way that's for sure <laughs> you mentioned uh, I, I, I will get on to your time at, at Cobblers because obviously that's really what we're interested in. But just as, as a side note, you, you mentioned the Charlton chairman. Was was that De Chalat? Yeah, De Chalat, was, yeah. What what did you find of him, think of him? Because obviously out here in the, the, the world of just being a football fan, yeah. you know, him and Mike Ashley were basically having meetings together trying to ruin football. Yeah, well, I've never met him, if I'm honest. Never seen him, never met him. He watches games from home, apparently. Uh, right through through Skype or whatever it may be, but to be honest, they, I think they've found out the grass ain't always greener. Mm. So I was at tough times when I first signed. Oh uh, well, in the Phantom when we weren't getting paid. Mm. And to be fair to him, he brought in an English manager who what they wanted uh, in Russell Slade. He gave him a decent enough budget, but there was a lot of players still there on good money and weren't good enough for the level who couldn't get rid. So I think he was a bit upset with them. So, But we got paid every week on time. We had a decent budget. So for me, I thought he's okay. But I think the damage was done before I signed. So before I signed, when they were going through turmoil for four years or whatever, and then got relegated, uh, one of the managers, might have been Chris Powell, turned up to training. There was two lads there. I'm a left back. He's a centre pack. We must play. They've been sent over from Belgium or one of his clubs to, to play for Charlton when the manager hasn't asked him to. And I think that was where the, the uh, feud come between the the fans and the owner. So the damage was done before I signed. But what I see of him and how the club was run, there wasn't an issue for me. So I can only go on my time there. But I think the damage was done. I mean... I think a pig hit me on the Ed One game when I was playing. So. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> it couldn't have been that great times, could it? I've got a flying pig cracking on my head when I've got the ball at my feet. 
<laughs> or a beach ball bouncing on. I thought, I thought, Jesus, the summer holidays ain't here already. I'm in Marbella at the Valley. <laughs> but uh, no, what what I know of him and, and the way he dealt with with the players at the time when I was there, I didn't have a problem with him. Um, it wasn't like we didn't get paid on time. We always got paid on time. Yeah. Uh, so, so I I can't really comment, but. I know from the players that were there previously and the, the fans, I think one time the fans held held a funeral at the stadium, bought a coffin and then carried it down the hill to the stadium and that uh, for Roland, albeit wow. he was in Belgium alive and kicking in probably a match. <laughs> so, but no, it, I think the damage was done from when he was bringing in the overseas players and they weren't doing great. They got relegated and everything, but I don't know the full story. So, yeah. No, so fair I can't enough. go too deep into it, but whilst whilst I was there, we were we were paid well and we got paid on time every month. And with what's happened now, I think the, I think the fans might take him back. <laughs> yeah, you never know, mightn't you? Looking at the way that they're going at the moment, it's ridiculous. It's there, ridiculous because it? it's so obviously I've still got friends there, and uh, it's so open in in the press. It's crazy what's going on. So yeah, so you mentioned obviously the fact that you. You, you did get paid at, at Charlton. Let, let's let's take you back to to Sixfields then, yeah. and take you to that you know that sort of first half a season yeah. um, of that year. Um, from from your point of view, when when did you know something was wrong? When I was skint. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I had no money in my account, <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh my god, what's going on here? Because in, in what what people forget, they you get you get labelled a title, you get labelled a professional footballer. Everyone thinks you're a millionaire. That is not the case in the depths of League Two or even League One. I mean, as soon as that ball stops um, moving, you're onto a job. So it was tough. It was tough. I had to because I, I had a I had a little un, I had a mortgage, I had a mortgage in South End, and I was renting with a few of the boys in Northampton. I wasn't with. Um, my ex-partner and that so she was living in the house so I was stuck all my wages went near enough to my family obviously a few beer tokens but most of it went on living like it does with everyone else uh I think it was two months in I end up lending some money off off one of the lads I used to play with at Portsmouth who's gone on to great things Jeb Wallace so that 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 was when it really hit home and you think Jesus Christ what is going on here um but the gaffer was great was it all down to Chris? That because obviously we always talk about and think about how that almost kicked the team on. Yeah, that that situation was really what sort of brought you all together. And in a way, I suppose. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know you have to be able to play football well and score goals and stuff, but that was almost what kind of won you the title. I wouldn't just put it solely down to Chris. I'll put it down to us lads as well, and and yeah. everyone, backroom staff everyone the girls in the shop we all just it, it did bring us together where I think we already had a togetherness I think we were destined to to win that league even if we didn't have all that overhanging uh that gave us a bit of impetus to speak to one another a bit more as in the whole club be together as one because you usually get the lads you get the management staff you get all the all the behind the scenes girls and you don't you don't really integrate with each other, but that really brought everyone together. Um, and the gaffer himself just led by example, never 
some people might have thrown in the towel in football and said, oh, I'm looking elsewhere, this, that and the other, but he didn't. He used it to put a bit of fire in our belly. Uh, and we had a group of men, don't forget. We was all around the same age. We all wanted to do well. We all had a point to prove, and that's just the gaffer's recruitment. He's done that now for the last four or five years, hasn't he? And it's got him to where he is because uh, he's recruited so well, managed so well, got a fine balance between scared of him but also can go and speak to him kind of thing, which is which is massive in football because we all like to take the piss. But, I'll, yeah, I'll just say the lads and everyone, everyone just pulled together in the same way. Did you know much about the speech at Notts County, going back to that that pretty pivotal afternoon? <laughs> did you know much of what he was going to do? Did you know he was going to say it? Did you know? Did he kind of give you an idea that he was going to do it? And can you talk about a little bit what it was like in the dressing room afterwards? And did he tell you about it and things like that? Was that when it all came out about not being paid? It was kind of, yeah, it was his moment when he was on the pitch and he was interviewed and he kind of just gave that speech of um, he knows that there's a deal on the table. I'm not sure, uh, that, yeah. and that kind of thing. And he knows that some, yeah, that some people aren't being paid and stuff. That um, I, I can't remember that kind of there. was we kind of attributed it to the to um to what turned the season around in some ways because um it was the manager actually making a stand against the owner. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I don't think I was there. I think I was injured. Oh, you didn't play in that game? No. Well, there you go, Danny. No. Good research. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure. <laughs> it, it, if I did play it, it couldn't be that good a speech because I can't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, I'm sure I, I'm sure I wasn't there. I'm sure I didn't play. I was injured for the first four months or three months. Yeah. Oh, was it at Knox County? Yeah. Yeah, I, I wasn't there. I wasn't there. Yeah, at the end of the game, he basically... I, I think we've spoken to... Uh, I, I don't know whether it was Nicky or, or somebody else, and they said that they didn't know until they were on the coach and they were, I, I don't know, I'm guessing, you know, looking at Twitter or whatever, and yeah. it, it popped up on there. And that was kind of the first time that they, they really knew about it. Oh, no, like I say, mum was when I didn't get paid. But uh, <laughs> no, I wasn't there. But I remember, I remember us all thinking... Are we going to have to look for another club? Mm-hmm. I remember us thinking, because we've got like a 14-day, because with, with a player's contract, you have a certain amount of time. If you don't get paid, uh, they have like 14 days to come and, and pay you after a certain amount of time. And we're, we're looking at the days thinking, do we need to get another club here? And do we need to start putting the feeders out? Can I leave for free? That's, that's, that's the extent that it got to. Um, but thankfully, uh, Kelvin come in and... and saved us all and not a bad club to buy when you were going to get promoted is it <laughs> no definitely not I mean you say that you know you you were looking at other clubs I mean from memory I was quite worried I was thinking you know you guys as players you know you've got every right probably to just walk out and, yeah. and go and get clubs I know that there were clubs sniffing around the likes of uh, Rico yourself probably Nicky most you know, of the team I'd say yeah, Obviously, and we with was good always reason. in the limelight because forwards play a ten, full players tend to get the headlines. But I can imagine it would have been most of the team um, and the gaffer. Yeah, well, that was it. That was the thing. Is you you are worried, and you are thinking to yourself, "Well, we're going to lose." You know, a, a whole not not just the club. I mean, you're obviously worried about that as well. But your first thought is, "Crikey!" You know, you, you could just go off and sign for a different team and uh, and go and play there. I mean, we're. Did you get to a point where you were close to to walking away? No, because it never got to that stage where we could. 
Right. We never got to the stage where we had a decision to make. Uh, the decision was made for us. We ended up getting paid. Everything got taken over. But, I mean, fans would probably say, oh, but that's not loyal, etc." Like I say, I had to lend money to, to, to support my family for a month. Um, so you've got to then think, I've got to look after myself. Uh, people are going to say, oh, you should have stayed. We were in, we were in dire straits, etc. But if I can't pay my bills, what do you want me to do? You wouldn't sit yeah. at any other job. I don't know why football football get the get like I don't know. They get abused for it, don't they? But I mean, if I if I weren't if I didn't get paid for another month, then I would have been right into trouble. So. Um, would I have left if there was an option that come down to it? I don't know, but I would have definitely thought about it, if I'm being truly honest. I think it's a bit like the whole thing that's happened in the last month or so, isn't it, with with Matt Hancock naming footballers and oh, yeah. uh, you know and all this, that and the other is, is supposed he, to be able to gonna, help. Yeah, he's not yeah, going to take it, a pay cut for anything. He's just going to work yeah, through exactly. it. But don't forget, they're, they're multi-million businessmen. They work till they're 65. They've got 30 years extra to earn their money. We're now, we're now looking at, a, well, myself, if I retire, I'm looking at a different career where you've gone from being respected in your change room as a senior pro, everyone looks up to you, earning good money, to having maybe a 25-year-old as your boss and you're on normal wages. So that, that, that's, that's what we've got to look at now. So people, people forget that, I think. Hi, I'm Alex Nichols, and it's all cobblers to me. Let's go back to when you first signed for Northampton, Ricky. Obviously, you're coming on loan initially um, from from Portsmouth. The thing is, it didn't really work out for you there, did it? But you were named their their player of the year, weren't you? Yeah, in a bad team. Stood out in a bad team. Not bad, <laughs> is it? <laughs> uh, I went there. Uh, I had just done three years at Barnet. Uh, had four months out of my last my last four months at Barnet, I broke my foot, so I didn't play for four months, and I ended up actually getting relegated. Um, and then I was out of contract. I thought, Jesus Christ, what am I going to do? I'm in. I got a broken foot, but it was healed by the time. And then Ports have come knocking, and ah, oh, so happy. Went down there, and I was sold straight away. Obviously, I'd only played non-league at Barnet at Underhill. They weren't even at their new stadium. And I'm turning up to Fratton Park. Couldn't believe it. Thought I'd hit the jackpot. Um, so went down there and it it was a clubbing transition. I signed at, at probably a bad time where they had been relegated, relegated. They were still had players from the championship still getting paid because they went into admin and that, didn't they? Um, so the first season was tough. We weren't great, but I actually had a decent season. I mean, I weren't scoring bangers, but I was all right. Uh, and then the next season, the manager just fell out of favour with me. They started playing 3-5-2. Jed Wallace used to play in the number 10 position. They tried to play me wing-back. If you see me play wing-back, then you'd never think I'd play football before. <laughs> and, uh, Keith Curl would put you there. I just say you wouldn't like Keith Curl. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I don't think I could do a job for him at wing-back, that's for sure. <laughs> on, on my show in uh, I was alright at home then I went to Oxford and phew, I got dragged at half time I was going to get sent off um, and yeah it was either it was either stay there and be a bit part player or 
fall out of the management for the hundredth time or leave. So obviously I chose to leave. And uh for the better, really. Well, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so that loan comes along. I mean, was that always like a, a right? Just come on loan while we get the paperwork signed, sorted out. No, no, it was come on loan, see what you think, because we we near the bottom of the league, and yeah. I was thinking, oh, blimey! But he he tried to sign me at Oxford. Well, not tried to sign me. He spoke to me about going to Oxford a couple of years back, and I think they were in a conference at the time, and I was desperate to get in the football league, so I went to Barnet. Um. And I just thought, oh, I'll give it a go. Uh, Brendan was signing and we have the same agent. So right. we just met at the hotel and just said, All right, let's do this. And I think I signed for a month, month to month. You could do that then. Uh, so it was originally a month. Train with the lads. And I, oh, I've just had a laugh straight away. Like a crack straight away. Couldn't believe it. thought it was brilliant. Because we had a lot of young lads at Portsmouth. And like I say about them snowflakes, couldn't stand it. Like, good lads, but just, you can't say anything. And that. And then I'm walking into a change room with Rico and everyone, and it was just brilliant. I feel like a new lease of life. Plus, I had a bit between my teeth because I had a point to prove. Getting released from any club or saying you're not good enough is horrible. And I knew I was better than that. So, so yeah, that was a whole combination of, a, of one thing. I just went for it and never look back and I think I think I signed after two weeks three weeks yeah it was, it was literally like you were you were here on loan and then all of a sudden it was like well it's permanent now yeah yeah just, that was, cycle, was that was cycle play against Portsmouth oh right yeah yeah because we had Portsmouth coming out I thought oh, I'd love to show this gaffer one and we beat him and I scored 1-0 <laughs> that's some of that who was the manager at the time uh, Andy Orford it was Okay. Uh, yeah. uh, he he done really well when he come in interim the season before, and I had a great relationship with him. And then I said it in a newspaper recently. He just had the summer to think, and I don't think thinking worked. <laughs> 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 he come in for seven games. Um, I think we won five out of seven. Got safe because we had we had a bad bad run. Got safe, and he just went off the cuff. But he got the best out of us, and then he had six weeks to realize. Yeah, I won't, we won't go into that, but yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so yeah, I actually signed. I, I wanted to sign anyway. Don't get me wrong. Plus, in 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 football, now, I've got like a bit of a history of injuries. Northampton were offering me eighteen months when I was running out of contracts come the summer. Yeah. So we always say years in football is better than no years. So uh, I snapped that up, and we had Portsmouth in two weeks' time. So that that was <laughs> that was partly of my decision. And I just loved it down there. Loved it. Who, who were your best mates at Sixfields at Northampton? Oh, loads of us. I still go on holiday with Jabo and Joe every year. Uh, we're we're still in a group chat, all of us. Uh, what, well, what's the ty- What's the name of that WhatsApp group, Ricky? <laughs> Biffers Brigade. Ah, oh, not, <laughs> not even not even champions. That's men, rubbish. Biffers. I <laughs> call it Biffers Brigade. <laughs> But no, there's still a lot of us in there and it goes off every now and again and it uh just brilliant. I can't say though I had a best mate there. There was there was about six of us in the hotel at the time, so you can imagine what that was like. We all liked a little drink. What you didn't know was was most drunk most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a minute. I thought it was twenty sixteen, not yeah, nineteen ninety six. I told you it was all around the same age, so we just caught the back end of that culture. Uh we, <laughs> 
every day after training, we'd go cinema. Every Friday, we'd all go Nando's together. It was just a... I've never seen it before, and I haven't seen it again, to be honest. It was just brilliant. Brilliant group of lads. Do you think that that, that group was was really paramount to, to the success? Because, like you said, you've never, you've never seen that before. I think all of us as fans could see that that group had something about them. It, it was that kind of what what brought brought upon that that brilliant run that we went on when we went on that huge unbeaten run. Yeah, it was special, and not getting paid by the way. If you didn't have that group and you had a group of individuals, there'd be animosity between everyone. Uh, but it just, yeah, it, I've never seen it before, and it's the only team I've had success in as a pro. Uh, but going into Sheffield United change room, they've they had it a bit more professional than we are. Uh, we were sorry we weren't the most professional we just had talented players and some horrible could I swear on here some horrible bastards <laughs> we had Jay but we had talking crazy. about Jason Taylor yeah yeah yeah, yeah. We, had, we had all that we, we just had a good mix and Sheffield United got it the same and you just got to look at Chris Wilder and Alan Neal for that so yeah the group the group made it special made it special and I lived with three of them and it was just crazy time crazy crazy time Talking of, uh, oh, you mentioned Chris and Alan, what were their training sessions like? Because that's something fans obviously don't get to see for, for good reason. Although I think there's one specific Cobblers fan that likes to sit in the bushes, isn't there, Charles? Is it? Is it one of you? Is it one of you? <laughs> yeah. Didn't want to call Charles out. But... Who was the leprechaun? Who was called leprechaun? Neil? Yeah. Neil. Is that you? Yeah. Is it you yeah. up in the trees? Up in the trees, mate. Got the binoculars. <laughs> um, <laughs> Do you know what? They're not complicated, surprisingly enough. You might think they'd be cone setting out like you're going to land a plane or something like that, but they were, they're very, not basic, but they're just easy to understand. Everyone knows their job. They had a philosophy of playing and everyone's stuck to it because otherwise you ain't playing. Uh, and they were hard, but fair. Do you know what I mean? So, a couple of Terror Tuesdays, we call them, where they were tough, but they got us ready. And you could tell we were the fittest team in the league, weren't we? We used oh, to by run miles, over, by miles, we, yeah. We used to run all over teams. Um, but they were like old school, where you're just doing six-minute runs all the time. They're all football-based. And they just had, again, keep saying it, and it's probably why they're in a premiership, they had the fine balance between tough and fair. Uh, quite simple tactics, but work to treat, especially at our level. You try and bombard the two players with a few few too many tactics, they're like headless chickens, aren't they? I think we can... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah I think we, we can go through that one. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, if you, when Hasselbank was in charge. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I know people played with him at Burton. Uh, and I've had Edgar Davids, who tried to do the same very Dutch, very tactician, pass, play out from the back, angles. It don't work. Play in the right areas, have a bit of quality at the top of the pitch, and you've got every chance. Um, and that is what they've done. Where I've had on the flip side, Carl Robinson, who's the best coach you've ever seen. Very complicated training, but if he if he could manage in the Prem, I'd be brilliant. But he hasn't managed to get over that League One hurdle yet. He got into the into the Championship with MK Dons, and they play fantastic football, didn't they? but probably didn't have the budget to go to the next level. So I've had the flip side of everything. So I would say their training is very good for every level that they go to. What about um, Alan Neil's famous free kick routines? Can you tell us about them a little bit? 
I can tell you, if I knew I could take free kicks like I did at Charlton, he wouldn't have had any, would he? I'd have been just <laughs> popping them in top corner. <laughs> I'd just be stepping up. Sorry, Al. Put that one in the bin. I'm just going to put this in the back of the net. But, um, <laughs> I didn't know I could take them, so he got away with it. And he, they were brilliant, weren't they? They were, they were unbelievable. We, we used to get excited to see what he'd come up with because he used to crack us up. Like He's not the most vocal, is he? Don't come out and do press often. Leaves that down to the gaffer. But he's definitely the brains behind the, the plan. And we used to have a we used to have a right laugh in training, get into grips with what he had come up with. He watches football at every single level, country, everything, and he just he just understands football. He's a proper football man and we used to love doing them and when they paid off, well, they looked great, didn't they? It wasn't just that though, but you guys looked like you were loving it as well. I mean, every single, I, 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 literally, if you think there's there's one iconic goal that shows the togetherness of that team, it was probably your goal away at Stevenage. Yeah, with Smudge that... turning into Usain Bolt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never seen a goalkeeper run so fast, have you? Uh, yeah, that was when we knew we had cracked it. That was really? when we realised, that was when we, we all got back into the change room and knew like, wow, we are special. Like, Stevenage was always tough to go to, wasn't it? I always found it a tough place to grind out results, and especially under the Wesley era. And uh, yeah, that that was when we realised we we're, were special. We knew we knew before that, but that was the icing on the on the cake. I think. Were there any other sort of times where you just felt this is the best football that that we're playing in? in the career I mean there, there were some fabulous goals that, that you've scored in your career and, and thankfully we were there to see a lot of them I mean do, do you have a favourite Ricky? Uh, yeah the best is Orient by a mile by a mile like, I don't even know why I tried it <laughs> <laughs> I thought to myself after geez, what have I just done there I tell you <laughs> if, if Messi or Ronaldo's eating that in it's getting shown throughout the world isn't it but uh the whole season, it's the first season that I I had three years and we were struggling at Barnet. I then went to Portsmouth and we struggled. And this, being in a winning team, you just can't wait to go into training. Plus, it, the banter was like I've never experienced before. Even with Ad, legend of the club, Adam the kit man, who I spoke to him today, actually. Uh, even with him getting involved. And it was just brilliant time. Brilliant time going in every day to training because everyone would think, Oh, you're a footballer. I bet you love every day. I'll tell you what, it gets so boring. <laughs> I look forward to a game, don't get me wrong, because that's when your adrenaline comes back. But you don't get any adrenaline football, do you? You don't get any adrenaline going to fitness first gym every day. It's a grind. And that, that can happen because we've got our lives outside football as well. So it could be going wrong in your life in football. But you're meant to have a you're meant to have a smile on face. You're doing the best job in the world and fans don't appreciate some days you're gonna have an off day. Like you do if you might Love your job in an office, but some days you think, can't bother. Neil, Don't your job's like that every day, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's how I'm feeling today, Charles. But, <laughs> but it's the same with football. We, I, I go in and I think, oh, can I be bothered to do a four-minute run? I know it's kick a ball around, get shouted at by the gaffer because I'm not pulling my weight. But going into Northampton was 18 months of joy, of joy every day. Brilliant it was. But again, that winning feeling, that's why. I, I hardly ever lost a game when I come in, really. So it was brilliant. So um, like like we said at the start, you know, it's four years today since that Portsmouth game. We won that game 2-1. It was a great day, day out. Obviously, you're at your 
previous club as well. That must have made it extra special for you. Um, what what was it like after that game? Obviously, the league's already been won. You know, weeks before you've even already had the the, the trophy presented the week before at Sixfields. Was it a bit like a relief that it was finally over and you could just celebrate? Can't remember. All that question you just asked me for about a minute and I can't remember, <laughs> hey? Have that for an answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. It was unbelievable. Loved it. So for for four weeks or whatever it was when we, won, when we knew we were promoted, we, we just got drunk every day. Pissed. <laughs> Flip-flop Thursdays, we used to call it. Gaffy used to bring out a crate of beer, flip-flops on, sit in the halfway line at, at the ground and just have a few beers, not get pissed. <laughs> have a few beers, do a couple of keep you up. These go home, come out on a Friday and we still won every Saturday. What a team that is. <laughs> flip-flop Thursdays, brilliant. They were the days, weren't they? Uh, then then we all went away. Um, chairman paid for us to go Marbella. Uh, for getting promoted. Uh, so it was a great end to the season. Fantastic. We had done what we set out to do. Had the parade, which I, I was blown away by by the support of the parade, by all the all the fans and the whole city that come out. Uh, and then, yeah, we went away for a, for a few, few days to Marbella and just had a right crack. And you can imagine if We've got a group like that going away on holiday. It's double carnage, isn't it? <laughs> and that's where that conversation stops as well. Thank you very much. <laughs> I think there's a few oh, yeah. there's a few pictures knocking around of that, isn't there? Somewhere? Oh, I've got some belters, especially. In <laughs> <laughs> but no, great, great lads, great crack, and uh, I wish I could relive it again. I honestly do. It was it was fantastic. I had a great time. Was there anything? Anything that would have obviously moving to Charlton, which bigger club than than Cobblers, obviously, yeah. um, and then on to Sheffield United, was there anything that would have kept you at Northampton? Uh, I don't think so. If like, I always try and be honest, you probably realise yeah. in all the interviews I've ever done, um, I don't think so because I was old, mate. I, I finally, finally realised. I'm good enough for this level to really progress on with myself. I had that belief where I'd had setbacks in the past. I was stuck in non-league for so many years because I had a baby young and signed a contract uh, and they wouldn't sell me. So I had to keep staying at that club. And then I thought, do you know what? I'm not a fan of any club. I'm not. Clubs don't show you loyalty, which I proved at Portsmouth, if you're not having a great time. So why, why am I going to start showing loyalty in football as much? And... The, re- the main reason why I went Charlton was because the gaffer was going there. And what a, what a mix that would have been. I'm going to a huge club in London. They just got relegated from the championship. I thought they were bound to bounce back up. Then I'll be playing in the championship. So I looked at the bigger picture. The money was better than what Northampton could ever offer. I hadn't earned any money. You lot hadn't paid me for a couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it wasn't us. <laughs> um, but no, I'm joking. Uh, no, I don't think it was. Obviously, I had a conversation with Kelvin, the agent, and that, um, and they wouldn't have matched what I could have got at Charlton. Yeah. And you got you got to. Why, why in football shouldn't you? Why why if you get a promotion, another job, you get a pat on the back. Why in football you you get slated for it? I, I've never understood that, mm. but I understand fans 
when they probably take a seat back, they realise they know the reason why, but they they just get to be upset because someone else is coming in to take one of the players that's done really well for them. But no, I don't think anything would have kept me at the time. Well, obviously, unless they could give me massive though. And it, um, but the gaffer was going Charlton, and it, it was kind of a double deal. And I was gutted that it didn't end up there. But I'd already spoke to Charlton, been down to the club, and realised this is for me. Plus, he never tried to sign me at Sheffield United at first. So I hold that, <laughs> I hold that against him. <laughs> you, you said actually earlier on about how like he, he'd wanted you before um, for Oxford, so before being at Northampton. But then when you were at Charlton, obviously Chris wants you again at Sheffield United. That's where you are now. Yeah. Um, I mean, you mentioned the fact that we all thought that he was going to, to Charlton as well. And obviously he gets his head turned by his boyhood club and no yeah, one can course, blame him yeah. for, for that happening. Um, I mean, if he'd stayed at the Cobblers, do you think that would have kept you? I don't know if the Cholton deal would have been about. The Cholton deal come about because he was going Cholton. Right. So I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I've done enough that season to get, to get a sniff from somewhere for someone to be interested. Uh, but I, I can't honestly answer that. The reason why Charlton were about is because he was going to Charlton. So it's a great conversation I had in the summer. I'm going to Charlton, going south of London where I'm from Essex. So I'm going back home for once. And fantastic. I said, Gaffer, what are we looking at? He said, yeah, money, what you've definitely never been on before. And a huge club. Don't get me wrong. Like, weren't life-changing money, but the, the money was a lot better than I'd seen before and the the club, the stadium, the infrastructure, the training ground was was being a real professional footballer at the time. So, But whether it would have been there if the gaffer weren't going there, I don't know. I've not got a clue. So. so so basically, if anybody wants to blame you for leaving Cobblers, the actual person blame to blame Chris. is Chris. Blame Chris. It's Chris's fault. I was going to say, I was going to say, sign a, a, a five-year deal, all them tweets don't get in. Ain't, ain't them somewhere else, will you? Uh, yeah, but I, 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 I can't really answer that because it was only Charlton that showed interest, I think. That's crazy to look back on, isn't it? The fact that there's only one club. If you think of the goals that you were smashing into the back of that net, that's madness to think that only one one club. But I was going to cost a fee and not many teams in that league, in League One, pay fees. That's the problem. So that, and the jump from, after having a good season from League Two to a championship, people might have thought, oh, he's not got any sell on value really albeit I did in the end because Cholton got their money back and more but I think that's why Cholton were the only team and I wanted to play in League One I wasn't going to go to a big team say Portsmouth come back in for me I wasn't going to go back there because I felt like I, I deserved to go into the league above so well yeah you were if you just stayed at Northampton that's where you would have been wouldn't yeah you've been in more League One with us so. yeah exactly yeah, yeah 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 so I didn't I didn't sign early though I didn't, you know, like the season closed in May. I didn't go and sign in May. It was, it was the middle of June because I, I was in, I was actually partying again in Ibiza, and I, <laughs> I flew home a day early. <laughs> uh, that was with Joel. 
Joe <laughs> I flew home a day early. Imagine the state of me meeting the, the chief executive at Charlton. I've been on, <laughs> on the pitch for three days. <laughs> I didn't go, nah, sorry, mate. But um, it all worked out in the end. So, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't um, something I'd done instantly. I had time and waiting for offers, and Charlton was the only one that came about, and that was because of the gaffer. You're back with the gaffer now at, at Sheffield United. Obviously, you've not played as much as you'd like to. Quite, he ain't played me at all, has he? Well, well. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's gone up a level and forgot that I could actually play a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever actually just sort of just turn around and just walk in the office and just go, Do you know, boss, I've won the same league as you have? Do you want to just give me a go? What do you think? And he'll say, I won League One. Get yourself out now. <laughs> uh, no, I've, I've kept a great relationship with him. Even though I went up there and, and couldn't get in the team. Um, fantastic relationship with him and the staff. Everyone up there, like, even supporting me through the last 15, 16 months. If I needed to come back down south and have a couple of days, I'd say, yeah, get yourself down. He's he's just brilliant. I ain't got a bad, bad word to say. You know, some managers who don't play, uh, you get a bit twisted and you say, ah, he was shit, he, like, the manager was rubbish, just because he weren't playing you. But he, I went up there, thought I was going to play, didn't realise how good they were. Obviously, they play 3-5-2, which, again, the, the old Portsmouth one come back in, but knowing what I could do and the way he was going to go, he said, right, you'll be playing in number 10. I'm fighting out for one position. He often went three in the middle without a number 10. And I don't really fit into his system or his way. But I thought, right, give it, go up there, give it a crack. Could be Premier League. Could change his formation into the 4-3-2 that he loved, uh, 4-2-3-1 that he loved before, but he never did. And Mark Duffy was brilliant, mate. What a player. I didn't realise how good he was, who I was competing with. Uh, and he just carried on doing what he had done. It helped that he had been there before in the promotion season so he had found his feet and I was fighting to get in that position I couldn't get him out of the team and then the gaffer like I say either went three in midfield or two and a one and he always played in a one I struggled to get in the team so no fault of his own like he's dragged me up there and I've not played but it, I just couldn't get into the team in the system that he was playing How how do you feel about that then in, in terms of the fact that you're fit, but you're not getting picked. I mean, do you want... Uh, you're a footballer. Of course you want to play. Hated but... it, man. Hated it. Uh, I, can't, I can't stomach it. So I can't be happy to sit on the bench and come off. I can't be that person to pick up your wages, even though some people call me greedy or whatever it may have been over the last year or so. I can't be the one just to sit there and go, oh, I'm getting paid X amount. Man. Who, gives, who, who cares? And I've seen that a lot, by the way, in football. Where you can see... I've done pre-season with them the next season, really embedded myself into the team because I was going into a new change room. Had a great pre-season, albeit you play against lesser teams, so it was easy. And he had played me in the three in midfield, right, of a three. And I just went and see him and said, Gaffer, I'm out of my depth. If you're going to play me in centre mid against Jack Grealish or people like that, I'm going to look like a donut. And I said, you're not going to play me anyway in that position. I think you're kidding yourself. You've got better players for that position who play in that position because he wasn't going to go over 10 anymore. Uh, and I just said, oh, can I go? And he said, no. And I said, please, I just want to play football. And he went, but we've got a big chance to be part of it. And I went, I just want to play. And that's why I went on loan to Oxford. 
I did, he, did, he wanted me to stay. Two games in, they started playing with number 10. I killed myself, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's why I left for Oxford. So it's all for football. I just want to play football. I had given it a right go to get to the top, but I couldn't get in the team and I just wanted to go and play. And obviously I played with Carl, Carl Robinson at, at Charlton. So it was, it was a good fit for me. Forgive me here, but it, it almost sounds like Chris was almost just sort of going... Come on, Ricky. Like old times, just just stay here and have a bit of fun. I know you're not playing, but no, I think he see me playing in his own eyes, but I couldn't see it. And when I can't see it, how can I go out there and be at my best? I'll always give him my all, but I'll always have that grain in my head thinking, I'm not really a sentiment. What am I doing here? And you can't play with that. You've got to play a freedom, especially the way I play. And I, I just true to myself. I knew I weren't good enough to play in the championship in a three in midfield. And if I was going, if it was going to be in number 10, I was again, I don't mind competition. I was fighting with Mark Duffy and he weren't going to play it every game. And he said to me, he wasn't going yeah. to play it at all. So I, I just wanted to play football. It's, you run out of years, don't you? you? You just want to do what you love doing. I, I don't particularly like training. Uh, I'm a bit of, a bit of an idiot in training, like to be a clown. <laughs> I don't overly work. The hardest in training, if I'm honest, unless it's five-a-side games and I want to win. I'm not like the model pro, but that's because I love doing what I do on a Saturday. Uh, and I was that was taken away from me and I hated it. Literally hate it. Especially after going from a successful season with Northampton to being a star man at Charlton for 18 months. Hmm. It's hard to swallow then not playing. And I played my whole career. Everywhere I went, I played. So uh, I didn't know how to deal with it. And he was great again. said, all right, because it's you, get yourself get yourself off and go and play some games. And I did, and I got injured, and I haven't played since. So. I mean, that, that must be absolutely gutting. I mean, oh. first of all, you signed for Oxford, mate. I mean, that's just dreadful in the way. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry for the Second best team in the league. You can now unsubscribe and turn off. <laughs> we got to, what, 50 minutes without mentioning Oxford, really. <laughs> Was there anybody there at Oxford um, when you were there on loan? Was there anybody there still from that season where they were apparently the best team in the league? The second best team in the league, and I let them know. Yeah. I'm not yeah. sure, was there? I don't think there was. Obviously, I, I went and went and played with Jake Wright at Sheffield mm. United, uh, John Lundstrom. Uh, I, I don't think there is. I can't remember. If they did, they didn't mention it because they must have known. Rick's coming in. Yeah, <laughs> you, you were just going to walk out with Rick's your medal. Co- Rick's coming so in. They got, they got the winners, they got the runners up, so you, we can't say anything. Yeah. Uh, do, do you know what? I, I liked it down there. Albeit you're going to go ooh, 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 or whatever. But I, I, the fans are great. Like, not just, you know, if you go up and do a presentation, speak to them and that, they, they, were, they were great to me. Uh, and I was really struggling there. So I'd, tr- I'd play on a Saturday. Again, I just love playing. I'd play on a Saturday. I wouldn't train till Thursday because I could hardly walk. Gaffer would go, Rick, you can't play. I said, I'm playing, Gaffer. I'll give you my all. <laughs> and I'll, I'll go out and do all right. And I could do that for a month. Then it become the next month I could only play 75 minutes, then 60 minutes, 50 minutes, and I was a cripple, like in bits. Yeah. Uh, which done me no favours, really, because I shouldn't have been playing. But for the love of the game, and I hadn't played much up at Sheffield for six months I just wanted to play and the team the team were a great group of lads and that so but um, no I had a good time there and obviously since then I've I've not been able to get back fit 
But it's a shame because I feel I've got a lot to offer. I was still top of the even at Sheffield United, still near the top of the races, long distance sprinting. So I'd rather retire that my legs are gone, but they they haven't. So that's the most frustrating thing. I'm Nicky Adams, and it's all cobblers to me. Well, we did ask on Twitter um, if any of our listeners had any questions that they'd like to ask you, Ricky. So just to just to sort of finish off with these for you. Um, Ian King wants to know, who is the best player that you've played with? Best player i played with? Everyone would think Edgar Davids. I played with Edgar Davids, world beater. But it's not because he was at a different level of, of his game and he wasn't the nicest of people. I'll try and refrain from swearing. Uh, the best I've played with now is John Fleck at Sheffield United, centre midfielder. He's unbelievable. One hell of a player. So yeah, John Fleck. Do you learn much from that kind of player? Uh, I think I've learnt my trade already. It's hard to to learn a different way, but when you're in the number ten and he's picking you out, passes what you didn't even think he could he could get to you, or his movement, etc. It's just phenomenal. And it, it, everyone at Sheffield say it, if he's on your team in eleven v eleven, seven aside, eight aside, five aside, you win. So in pre-season, you need to get on his team because the losers always do running. And that that's the kind of player he is. He just dictates games. He's brilliant. He really is. Uh, so I've got a message from Luke Thode as well, who asks, what was your favourite Cobblers match? Uh, Stevenage. <laughs> yeah. For the, for the reason... Of, that. Yeah. 2-0 <laughs> uh, down to him, 3-2. School with the swinger. <laughs> crowd goes mad just it gives you goosebumps even when you watch it back now and you, we were part of it yeah. so it shouldn't feel like that but and that was the final moment we went in the changing room Gaffer just grabs me and just goes little wizard just went we've just won the league <laughs> and we were like we have just won the league haven't we and we know like that was it but I would say that that run was phenomenal when looking back the whole run and the whole the whole season but that yeah. game sticks stands out or Luton at Luton because it was my first yeah. game back from injury and I've been yeah. out for a long time. So, yeah, one of them, but definitely Stevenage, I think. Definitely. Is it um is it hard? You said after Stevenage, you go in the changing room, both you and Chris are saying you've won the league. Obviously, you're saying that in private. In public, Chris and any of the players, anytime they do any press, they're always, you know, same old cliche dancer. <laughs> well know, trained. The next game, next game, next game. Next game. As soon as that. that camera turned off, we just used to go, hey, we won the league, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you, you stop filming. You stop doing that. They go, yeah, yeah, nothing. So we go away. We're going to win the league. We were doing that from Christmas. <laughs> uh, that's, what, uh, that's one thing that I don't really like about football. You've got to do the cliches because if you don't, Everyone jumps on you. I try and be honest, but there's still loads of cliches bouncing off. But when you do press, if you say one thing out of turn, we, we're not trained, we don't do classrooms, don't get me wrong, but we, we know what to say. Because uh, if you, they can twist so much, can't they? And um, it's a shame, really, because I just want to be brutally honest sometimes. I want to turn around and say, how bad were we today? That was terrible. The gaffer got it wrong, didn't he? But we'll say, it weren't right. It's a shame. <laughs> We'll go again and all that. <laughs> oh no! Oh, really, I want to turn around. The school of Rob Page. Really oh, again? No. Yeah, really, I want to turn around and just say I was up all night. Jesus Christ! 
<laughs> I had a bad kit. I can't tell you why, why I can. And really tell you, I was up on the piss. I brought it up for. <laughs> the thing with that um, season, though, weirdly, I kind of think, talking from a fan's point of view, we kind of felt the same. Not yeah. necessarily maybe so early, but kind of that Stevenage game and and that run in February before the Stevenage game, that that was a real turning point. And I think we kind of were on the same wavelength as players. And I mean, even Sean, my dad, who's been a fan for, you know, nearly 60 years, he was like, yeah, we've got this. And, and yeah. it was like almost a given. Yeah, and I've never had that. It, it was pure belief, wasn't it? And it was a collective belief. Like you would follow us, which Northampton have got great followers away from home. And we just turn up. And confidence in football is massive. Like, you never lose your ability. All right, you get a bit older, but you don't lose your ability. But you see players at the top of their game and then they drift. It's because their confidence is shot to bits. And I would say 90% if confidence game. It's crazy. And I, I've never been able to put my finger on it. I wish I could because I'd be rich. Like, if I, <laughs> if I could put my finger on everyone and psychology of the game but we have to deal with a lot there's not many places there's not many jobs where you have 25 imagine you're at a computer and 25,000 people behind you screaming you are a get your hair cut <laughs> like it's going to put you off your job isn't it but you, some some people if you're not thick skin you take that home you you're not confident in that so but with that season everyone just so confident and the management style the fans were behind us we had that three months of not getting paid looming over us. So that was a drive. And when you see the end goal, I think it was Oxford. Did we play Oxford away and we beat them 1-0? I think, that, yeah. was when we, I think yeah. that was when we were like, because they were a very, very good side, don't get me wrong. Right. Best side in League 2, weren't they? Well, probably the best footballing side. but not. Don't, the- don't you say it. <laughs> <laughs> they passed it around and got 800, 900 passes every week, but they, they weren't the best team, were they? Because points, points at the end of the season tells you who's the best. Yes. But, no, we knew then, we knew we were the best team in the league and we had to go and win it, otherwise we'd let ourselves down and let the club down. That was that over, Yeah, yeah. We, we, we had Leighton Orient as well, didn't we, yeah. in Wickham? Yeah, getting over the line's always tough, isn't it? Because you see the end goal and you think, oh, scra- some teams scrape it, but we just we just went flip-flop Thursdays and just <laughs> <laughs> smashed it. <laughs> and smashed it. But, no, I loved it. Who um, in uh, the 2016 and the, and the promotion season, a little bit of insight into the dressing room maybe, who had the worst the worst taste in music and who had the worst dress? Come on. Dress, at, dress sense. I know I followed suit with a barnet, but look at John John. <laughs> <laughs> you sing a song for him already. I think you can go by the song realise that he was the geezer who turned up with probably odd shoes on or something. <laughs> He was late. He was always late. He just come in. He just looks like a hell of a player. And he, he, that geezer has got some strength. And again, he he took his career again, didn't he, in that season and was brilliant. Uh, resurrected his career, especially his Northampton career. He was frozen out. But yeah, definitely yeah. him in music because he likes all the rock stuff. And, and, and I'm not into that. And some of the stuff he used to wear. Bear in mind, Nicky Adams ain't great, by the way. <laughs> he gets these free tracksuits off everyone because he talks a load of waffle and gets these free tracksuits and you only ever see him in tracksuits. Like, he's just pure Bolton scallywag, isn't he? 
You know that next door neighbour you don't want? That is Nicky Adams. <laughs> so between him and Nicky Adams, there was some bad gear. Uh, Ian Thompson wants to know, um, did you or do you consider the move to Sixfields as a turning point in your career? Oh, 100%, yeah. 100%. Again, it comes down to a successful season. As a winger, you need to be in a successful team because you get the ball in the right areas. You get more of the ball. You've got John Marquez, Colo and Rico. And they run through brick walls, but they also knew where to be in the box. And you put it in, in a certain area and you think, oh, I've overhit that. And one of them is there nodding in or whatever it was. Uh, so, yeah, that was definitely the turning point of my career. And I think you can look at it. I was stuck in non-league and League 2. And then my career path was because I went to Northampton and the success we had. You mentioned uh, James Collins then. Um, yeah. How much of a, a ribbon did you guys give him for that uh, the, the piss incident? Oh, mate, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> I was too I was too small to be over the barrier, so they couldn't see me. <laughs> Just see a little bit of a mullet above the barrier. No, I was there, but I wasn't. Uh, me, Joel, and Brendan had actually gone to the races at the same time. Uh, we was in the box next to him, thankfully. Uh, but yeah, he got a bit of stick. Uh, I remember him being out and him leaving. So we had gone to the races, gone to the boozer after, and he'd got the news. And he's a bit of a warrior, Colo, a bit of a panicker. And uh, he's dashed off home, front of the paper, and he, uh, p- paranoid wreck, thinking he's going to get, because he was on loan, wasn't he, at the time? Yeah. Mm. Thinking he was going to get sent back. But Gaff was brilliant. He said, All right, what happened? We we all live our life outside football, not a problem. Don't be an idiot. You're in the you're in the public eye. Don't know if he got fined or whatever, but uh, dealt with it brilliantly because he needed him. And you, we humans, we're idiots, we're young men. We're gonna make mistakes, aren't we? And don't get me wrong. If you've never been to the races, by the way, he hasn't poured uh, piss on to fans. It's a grass verge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Below the box is a grass verge. They cut out the grass verge and made it out like the punters were down there. Should never do it. He's an idiot. We live and we learn, but we've all pissed in the bush, haven't we? We've all done that on, on, on a night out when we've left the club and we need a piss or camping or whatever it may be. But there was a massive queue for the toilet. Um, I'll tell you a massive queue. So he's gone, done a piss in the in the cup and poured it over the side. He should have just left it there. He wouldn't have got caught, would he? But they made it out like he was pouring it onto punters, but that wasn't the case. There's a there's a great clip on YouTube of the the parade, of uh, the fans starting to sing. He pisses where he wants, and then yeah, yeah, great, and all the players joining, and yeah. you can see Chris Wilder at the back just going, no, 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 <laughs> you can't say that, yeah. <laughs> you can't say that, because Chris is probably having a piss in the background. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, he got he got a bit of stick of that, but it it happens, doesn't it? Come on, like we we young men. Are, you just don't expect it. You're drunk. You don't really know what you're doing anyway. You think you're showing off. Think it's well funny, uh, and it bites you in the ass. But no, it, it never phased him really. It did on the night though. You should have seen the panic in his face. He went as white, <laughs> he went as, white as Nicky Adams. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he, he's good. Good lad, Connor. Great lad. Still speak to him as well. So. James Dern wants to know what your favourite goal was. I think we touched on it earlier, but what yeah. just for clarification, what is your favourite goal? Oh, definitely Orient. I was You're gutted. Mad. He didn't even get promoted for the goal of the season that year. 
so, some of the year. I think Sidwell won it from the halfway uh, from the halfway line, but not bitter or anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> 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 but no, definitely that. It's 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 saying I could watch a big. Oh, how have I done that? Never be. It able defied to it physics, again. didn't it? A little bit, yeah. If you want to, yeah. you can go and what else did it defy? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, de- definitely that. I mean, there was a few volleys that season, but um, that one, that one stands out to me. It's because Rod. I'm not having Rod get the headlines, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was waiting for that upstage. Big, big Rod wants to do overhead kicks. I'm thinking, nah, that's my sort of laugh. <laughs> <laughs> we've got to show that we've got a bit of flair at the top of the pitch instead of some hammer thrower at the back. <laughs> On that game, though, Ricky, what was said at half time? Because that I think that again was one of those big turning points, wasn't it? Because uh, we didn't really look at none of neither us or Orient looked up for it that day, and then suddenly the second forty-five was just madness, wasn't it? Yeah, you have games like that. Like it's it, League Two's a tiring season. We got smaller squads. We often played with the same eleven, didn't we? And you just get you just often get tired or or whatever it may be. You, you rely on your wingers in the in the way we played. We relied on us with a bit of spark. And if we had an off day, where's the spark going to come from? Because Jabo and Joe are always going to just tick the ball over, give us possession. And if we have an off day, Gaffer just come in and said, "Do you want it or not?" Like, don't he threw some bottles around at times in that. But I can't really remember that speech. But I'm sure he would have just come in and said, "45 minutes, turn this around. They're there for the taking because they don't really want to be there either." And yeah, we. I mean, it's too, it's too well, isn't it? You take that away from the game, there's not much in it. But, um, yeah, he definitely, he definitely would have just said that to us, knowing him how I do. So, uh, It's from Tim Smith on Twitter. Uh, wants to know uh, what your, your hair tips are and what your favourite products are. Don't let it fall out. <laughs> for one. Low, <laughs> at the minute, when it's long, greasy. Because I, I know what you women used to say to me, because I've got four sisters. Oh, when I've washed it, it all gets in the face. The wind blows, it bristles. It's horrible, isn't it? <laughs> it's horrible. So grease, loads of grease. Keep it greasy. But, um, no, I've been. I grew. I started growing it at Northampton, didn't I? And I've, I've, I'm too scared to cut it off now. I've toyed with the idea, but I'm, I'm too scared to cut it off. Mrs. likes it. I don't mind it. It's actually easier than having short hair because I just chuck it up in a ponytail and I'm done. Don't go uh, cutting it off because uh, that well, look what happened to John Joe when he did. <laughs> yeah, true. Very true. Well, the, the last question that we've got for you, Ricky, isn't from anyone in particular, apart from maybe about seven, 8,000 Cobblers fans uh, <laughs> all wanting that. to know. <laughs> You've already had this question <laughs> asked to you on Twitter by probably every single person in the world in Northampton, but um, is there any chance of you coming back to Six Wheels? would love to. I had the best time in my career there. Uh, albeit I probably went on to play just as well, if not better, for Charlton. Being in, in the league above, I, I I I was probably better that season than I was at, at Northampton. Uh, but it just sticks out a- anywhere you're successful in football because not many players, I think it's a very small percentage of players are successful in their career. Uh, it stood out to me, the fans were unbelievable to me as they are to this day albeit a couple um and i'd love to if i can get fit then i'd love to if i can't get fit i'd love to if they want to sign me still <laughs> <laughs> but um no I, I would i definitely would and even even if even if it's not back to play in some kind of form even if i just come and do 
do a speaking day or something like that. I don't mind doing things like that. In some aspects, I'd love to come back and give a little bit back to the fans. That'd be lovely. Well, look, Ricky, it's been absolutely brilliant having you on. Thanks for taking time out of your busy lockdown. (laughs) No problem. Thank you very much. And that's it for this week. Thanks very much to Ricky Holmes for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. This week's episode of Memory Lane is with Steve Walsh, the former Northampton Chronicle Echo Cobblers writer. Um, He's got some great stories to tell, so make sure you're here on Saturday for that. It's All Cobblers to me is a Vibrant Sound Media production. Thanks very much for listening. Keep sending us your thoughts to the usual places and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you'd be so kind. Uh, You can also, don't forget, sign up on Patreon for this Thursday's Q&A with Nikki Adams. It's only for our Patreon supporters and you can join for as little as $5 a month. It would be fantastic to have you with us on Thursday. All the links you need are in the show notes or visit our website, cobblerstome.com. Thanks very much, guys. See you next time. Bye. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me.